Hey guys, and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 7. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Today's show is going to be a little bit different to the usual. It is our quarterly report card, so I'm going to be discussing how each team has gone so far in 2021 and give them a grading from A plus to F, just like you would in a school report card. So we're going to discuss all that. If you guys just want to listen to the footy tips, I'm going to have a timestamp in the description below this podcast when it gets post, uh, posted. So go check that out if you just want to listen to Steve's NRL free tips. Not going to be the longest you know, discussion in terms of who I'm tipping this week, but that will be at the end of the show. With that out of the way, we're going to get straight to it. I'm going to start reviewing each team so far at their performance in 2021. Look at their strengths. Look at their weaknesses. Give them that overall rating. And just talk about how I feel they're going to go for the rest of the season. If you guys haven't, please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Please like, share, subscribe, wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcasts each week, whether it be on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And thank you guys for your continued support so far this year. Let's get into Steve's quarterly NRL season reviews. After the first six weeks, this is part one. We're going to get back to this every quarter. Uh, but quarter one, let's get reviewing. All right, guys, so how these quarterly reviews are going to work is I'm going to start from the bottom of the ladder and move all the way up to first place, which is obviously the Penrith Panthers, so that'll be the last team I review. You might be thinking, well, if the teams are on the bottom of the ladder, they're automatically going to have lower rankings than the teams on the top of the ladder. Not necessarily the case. It's all going to be about uh, expectations versus reality. Of course, a team like the Penrith Panthers uh, have a lot more you know, expectations for 2021 than a team like, let's say, the New Zealand Warriors do. So it's all about perspective and how they're traveling and how they were expected to go this season. So with that out of the way, let's start and kick off these quarterly reviews. And we're going to start with the Canterbury Bulldogs. Now, they're 0-6 so far this season. It's been an absolute disastrous start for their new coach, Trent Barrett. The roster obviously hasn't been there, and they are last year's wooden spooners. Still without a win so far this year. So uh, things aren't going fantastic for them. They only won three games um, all year last year. And so far this year, uh, in round one, they lost to the Newcastle Knights 32-16. to Round two, 28-0 against the Penrith Panthers, which kick-started a three-game streak where they didn't score a point. In round three, they lost 24-0 to the Broncos. Round four, it was 38-0 to the South City Rabbitohs. Round five, uh, they scored some points, but it's still an absolute flogging. Uh, Melbourne beating them 52-18. to They're the only team to concede 50 points after the first six rounds. And then on Sunday, round six, uh, the Cowboys were too good for them, 30-18 to after Jack Heverington's send-off. So it's been a disaster of a year, no doubt, so far. And um, considering that a lot of fans had high expectations this season, it's, it's very disappointing. Trent Barrett obviously is... Getting to a point in the net, he wants to get his team to a point in the next few years where they're competitive, obviously competing for the top eight. Some fans thought that might happen this year. If you go back to my season previews, I thought that would improve and I didn't think that would be down the bottom of the ladder at the end of 2021, but I thought it was going to take a few, uh, some time to get there um, and, and get to that squad that they want. Um, obviously, new recruits, Kyle Flanagan, Nick Kotrick, and uh, Corey Allen haven't set the world on fire for them um, and they need to find their groove fast if they're going to win a game because that game against the Cowboys on Sunday was one that they could have finally got that goose egg out of the way and Trent Barrett could have got his first win as coach of this Canterbury Bulldogs side but you look at their, their run coming up, they got teams like the Eels, the Sharks, the Dragons, the Raiders Penrith coming up, I just don't see their next opportunity to win a game which is a shame so it's going to be a tough run for them, no doubt about it and it's so disappointing because Trent Barrett, you know, he was in that system at Penrith where he was their attackive coach. And it's not his fault their performance is on field necessarily. But you would like to see a little bit more from this Bulldog side throughout the rest of 2021. In my opinion, they've taken several steps back from where they were last year. Of course, they did finish with a wooden spoon. But they were heavily competing in each and every game. They beat the Rabbitohs late last year. Um... They were always, their defense was something to be proud of. They hung in there as best as they can, and we can't say the same from this year. One of their highlights, in my opinion, has been uh, the emergence of Luke Thompson into the team in the last couple of years, uh, last couple of weeks, um, coming back into the squad after being injured to start the season. And 
I think he's made a big difference. He's got the attack a little bit straighter, um, and he's you know relentless in defense as well. So he lifts those around him. They just need a lot more than that for the rest of the season. They need to find ways to get Allen and, and Kotrick involved because Allen was a superstar at CS Sydney at the end of last year. He was on fire. He got picked for Origin. That's how good he was. Um, and obviously, uh, Nick Kotrick, we all knew what he brings to Canberra for several years. It's just that... They aren't playing, they aren't lifting the players around them. They're kind of playing to that Canterbury Bulldogs standard, and it's extremely disappointing. So, um, Kyle Flanagan's got a job ahead of him in leading this team for the rest of the year, whether it's with Jake Avarillo or Lachlan Lewis. They need to figure out that, figure it out. They need to figure it out fast. The pressure's not on Trent Barrett yet because it's not his squad, and I know that he's got Matt Bird and Josh Adokar and several others coming in next year, and over the course of the next few years, he'll make the squad his own. But uh, they need to show improvement towards the rest of the year, and they need to be competitive in every match. They fired up a bit when Heverington got sent off last week. They just need to be much more consistent um, and be fighting for every... and not give the opponents every meter, uh, any any meters, and let them have their own way. They've got to be fighting tooth and nail um, to keep their opponents down near their own trial line and, and obviously find some meters themselves. So for me, the Bulldogs, their rating is an F. We didn't have huge expectations, but they've been absolutely awful so far this year, and um, they need to improve uh, very, very fast. So let's move on now, and uh, we go to currently 15th on the ladder. It is the West Tigers. They are one win and five losses so far in 2021. They've scored 108 points and conceded 178 points so far this year, and their season basically has gone like this. In round one, they were competitive, but went down to the Raiders 30 to 12. Round two was terrible, 40 to six losers to the Sydney Roosters. They had a upset the Newcastle Knights 24 to 20 in round three. Were competitive against the Eels, where they went down in round four to 36 to 22. Round five, they had plenty to play for uh, after the passing of club legend Tom Radonikus in front of their home crowd, Leichhardt. They were absolutely awful in the first half and they ended up losing to. The North Queensland Cowboys, who are struggling themselves, 34-30. to And then last week, they lost just after the bell into Golden Point. Uh, it was a game they should have wrapped up, and they surprised everyone when they were outplaying the Rabbitohs for significant portions of that match. Uh, but they lost that game 18-14. to So let's discuss the Tigers. Um, because, you know, I, I so far in this podcast, I've gone in several rants about them this year. They're easily the most... Dis- the most their club is one of the most poorly ran clubs in the NRL. They have not made a finals appearance since 2011. Luke Brooks has been their starting halfback since the start of 2014, debuted at the end of 2013. He's never played a finals match. And Michael Maguire has come into this club the last couple of years and tried to install discipline and instill a lot of uh, that, mental- and that mentality that gets you to win games and just be mentally tough and ready for each weekend of football. A lot of these guys just seem to either not have taken it on board or they're just not showing up on the day and you know they might be training well but when it comes to game time they seem to go missing a lot of their stars and and they just signed Jackson Hastings for 2022 from overseas but um it's been a very poor year so far they were very impressive against the Rabbitohs in round six so that was very shocking because a lot of people expected the Rabbitohs to win that one quite comfortably but the Tigers were highly competitive in that game uh but overall it's been a it's been a very tough year and the thing with the West Tigers, they haven't made the finals for tw- since 2011. Michael Maguire is a great coach. He's a premiership winning coach uh, with South Sydney Rabbitohs back in 2014. But the way you can see things going right now, I don't know the next time the Tigers will be finals uh, finals contenders, contenders to make the finals. And, you know, in that final, I can't say they're going to be finalists in 2021. It doesn't look like they will be. I can't say they're going to be there next year. It's... It's a real issue because I don't know what the West Tigers are building towards in the future. Jackson Hastings could be the guy that could lead the team for the next decade, but at the moment, there's plenty going wrong. Um, it was a good effort in round three against the Knights uh, to fight back and win that game, but just so inconsistent, and they just need to take the message on board. Adam Dewey has been one of their highlights this year, a real strength for them. Um, he's been outstanding since he got back from injury. A little bit worrying defense, and... Um, you know, sometimes he can get exposed, but he's been the dominant half for him. I've also liked the input from Jake Simpkins and uh, Jacob Little, who have both played time at hooker. I think there's a, a spot for both of them in the 17. I know Little's been drops um, over the past week, but I think there's a spot for him. So overall, 
Another very disappointing team. Um, they should be going a lot better. I didn't think they were going to make the finals, but they definitely should be in contention at the end of the year if you're going off the start of the year. At the moment, it doesn't look like they're going to be there. They've got a huge game against Manly this week. So I have no choice to also rate the Tigers an F. And I know that they were good against the us. I know that they that win against the Knights. But considering how much time and effort uh, Michael McGuire has put into this club over the last few years, they should be going much better than they are. So it's an F for the Tigers for me. All right, moving on now to 14th place. Another team with only one victory to their name. It's the Brisbane Broncos, um, who has started 2021 under their new coach, Kevin Walters. He's had a bit of a rough initiation over the first six weeks of the competition. Uh, in round one, they lost 24-16 to to the Parramatta Eels. Round two, 28-16 against the Gold Coast Titans. So they were competitive in both those games. They finally got a win on the board against the Bulldogs 24-0 in round three. Got destroyed by Melbourne 40 to 6. Uh, also got destroyed by the Rabbitohs 35 to 6 in round 5. And then last week, they were very competitive against the Pandora Panthers, but ultimately went down 20 to 12. So it's definitely been a rough start for Kevin Walters' coaching career. We saw the passion he had in the locker room before the game started last week, basically telling his players to have a go or get out. And I love to see the mentality. I like that he's dropped Anthony Milford and Tessie New to first grade just to prove they've got to earn that Broncos jersey each and every week. Um, but yeah, they really showed up and played for him last week, so that was impressive. But overall, this year hasn't been great for them. Um, obviously, their only game that they've won in their past 21 or 22 now is against the Canterbury Bulldogs. They've beaten them twice over the course of the last year. When you can only beat the Bulldogs, that's not exactly an achievement in the NRL. However, it's not all bad for the Broncos. They just signed uh, Denny Levi from reserve grade, Carmichael Hunts signed to train him and play kind of deal with them. And some of these young guys come through uh, have been very impressive. Their young forward pack, why they have a tendency to drop off in crucial moments in the game. Guys like Huss has been good. Lodge has been good for him this season uh, since he came back from that hamstring I- injury. Um, Jordan Ricky's had a, a decent start in first grade as well. And uh, their forward pack, when you look at it, they should be going a lot better than they have been. But I feel like Kevin Walters is slowly instilling his... What he wants from this team, um, and and just effort every week into these players. Um, so, I actually think the Broncos, why they've only got one win, uh, their competitiveness against the the Panthers was good. Um, they they were good in the first two weeks. Obviously, the Rabbitohs and the the Storm games were terrible for them, but I feel like yeah, they're getting there. They're getting to become a team that will win some games at the back end of the season. Kevin Walters. Um, has shown that if players don't perform, he's willing to drop them. They currently got the Croft-Milford partnership. I just don't think they got the playmakers to be competitive, and they're going to go to the market next year um, looking for you know some star power. But I don't think they're going to finish with the spoon this year. Uh, I think there's improvement there, so I'm going to rank. I'm going to rate the, uh, the Broncos so far this year. I'm going to give them a D, um, which isn't as bad as uh, some people might have expected, considering they've only won one game. But I see improvement on the horizon for the Brisbane Broncos, and it started last week against the Penrith Panthers for me. All right, let's move on now to 13th place currently on the ladder. Uh, the Cowboys, they have won two on the trot. They're two wins, four losses. They were my wooden spoon prediction. A lot of people predicted them to make the eight at the start of the season, but those first four games were absolutely atrocious, and then they've beaten some teams down on their luck in the past few weeks. And uh, In round one, they lost 24-0 to the Penrith Panthers, Round two, it was 25-18. to 18, Losers against the St. George Dragons. The Titans put a score on them uh, in round three, 44-8. Cronulla put an even bigger score on them in round four, 48-10. They got their first win of the season in round five at Leichhardt in the Tom Rodonicus tribute match, uh, winning that game 34-30. And then last week, after a Jack Herrington send-off, they managed to get on with the job against the Canterbury Bulldogs, winning that game 30-18. to 18. Todd Payton... Out of all the coaches in the NRL, probably has, has the roughest start to his career with this new club. And obviously, he's, Josh McGuire is no longer at the club. Jason Tarmalolo has been injured, but also on the outer a little bit there at the Cowboys as well. He's had to deal with the Michael Morgan retirement situation. And the fact that they have not performed on the field is, is very worrying. A lot of their salary cap, as I just mentioned, have not been on the field this season. Um, but it has just been a, the first month was an absolute disaster. Since then, yeah, they've got some confidence. They've won games against the Cowboys, uh, sorry, against the Tigers and the Bulldogs, but the Cowboys really have not been competitive 
um, very often this year, and they've they're beating low teams that are, as you know, are completely down on confidence. We've already covered both the Bulldogs and the Tigers. For me, one of their shining lights has been Scott Drinkwater. He's emerged really well, and some of these young guys, um, Murray Talangi and uh, Ben Condon, have both been pretty impressive for him as well. But it's been a rough year for the Cowboys. I've, I've said a lot about them so far in the podcast this year. I think they're in for the rough rest of the year. And while they may have two wins on the board, I don't know when their next win's going to be. I can't see them being competitive. In a couple of matches, they're going to versus the Bulldogs. Uh, sorry, the Broncos. We'll see where they're at in that game. But overall, I, I I can't get excited. I can't get positive against about the Cowboys. They did just sign Chad Townsend to a three-year deal. Um, I don't know if he's the answer. He's getting on in his career, and they're obviously targeting um, young Tom Dearden from the Broncos as well. But for me, I can't give the, the Cowboys anything more than F. It's been a very disappointing year. I know they, they've won two two games, but really they've beaten two teams that you know were, were jokes with their performance. So... Uh, the Cowboys, for me, they're one that can't wait for this season to end. And I don't know how Todd Payton is going to dig his team out of this hole they're currently in, despite the fact that they've won two in a row. They're going to get a little co- bit of confidence from that, but I can't see it continuing um, at all, to be honest with you. So uh, that was my Cowboys rating. They get an F from me. All right, moving on to 12th now, and it's the Manly Seagulls, who uh, have also only won two games. They're two wins and four losses. They've scored 83 points and conceded 163, just like the North Queensland Cowboys. It was an absolute disaster. Of the first month, they lost their first four matches. Uh, it started in round one. They lost 46-4 to against the Sydney Roosters. An absolute terrible performance in that game at Sydney Cricket Ground. Round two, wet weather conditions. They uh, lost 26-12. to against the Rabbitohs in the game that they were competitive in. Round 3 at Wynn Stadium wasn't much better. Uh, they went down 38-12 to against the St. George of Old Dragons. Round 4 was a disaster, losing to Pender 46-6, to just showing that they were completely outclassed when they went up against a, a, a big team like Pender. Round 5 was the game, and I predicted it on the podcast, where they turned it all around, um, managing their first win of the year, and a little bit of confidence, even though it was a... Awful, awful game of football. They managed just to grind a victory out thanks to a Cherry Evans field goal, 13-12 against the Warriors. And then last week, we saw Tom Chiroyevich return, play his first game of the season, and mainly were dominant winners against the Gold Coast Titans, 36-0. So that's their season so far. Obviously, the last two weeks have been great for mainly. They've given them a lot of confidence. And uh, everybody's talking about the return of Tom Chiroyevich and how much of an influence he has had on this club Absolutely outstanding on his comeback, and he merely looked like a completely different team with him back in the lineup. And, uh, you know, one try, two try assists, absolute machine, Tom Troyevich, and hopefully he can stay fit with those hamstrings, but things are looking good. Early signs are looking good for his return with Manly in 2021. Everyone's talking about that, but I think the the key thing about Manly's resurgence over the last couple of weeks has been, um, obviously, Tommy's influence is huge. He's Influences similar to you know Andrew Johns with with the Newcastle Knights, but I think it was very important round five. Not many people were talking about it because it was such a bad game of football. But their grindy win against the New Zealand Warriors, thirteen to twelve, proved that on their best day they can win matches without Tom Tarovic. Sherry Evans was kicking early in the tackle set to put Roger Tuivasa Sheg off. Um, he obviously came up trumps with that field goal. He hasn't been in the best form this year, Sherry Evans, but good to see him get some confidence from that game. Schuster, their young forward, is getting better in each and every game, and he was an instrumental part of the victory in round five as well. But if anything else, it, Des Hasler uh, got criticized so much at the start of the year for their defense and uh, obviously their lack of creativity with the football. Tom Trorovic coming back into the team brings that and uh, makes guys like Cherry Evans and Kieran Foran feel a lot more comfortable around him. Um but as I said, the fact that they could win a game without him, I think, did wonders for their mental state, a lot of these players in that team, and and gave them some much-needed confidence. Of course, it hasn't been a good year so far. Those four weeks, the first four weeks were absolutely awful. The games against Penrith and the Roosters in particular, and they've got a lot of improvement to get up to you know the good teams of the competition. But it's a start. It was a building block round five. Um, I think they've got plenty of upside in them. Obviously, Cherry Evans and Foran have not been on the same page this year. Foran's doing the little things right, but him and Cherry Evans have not combined right uh, well enough to be competitive without Tom. But Tom has changed the dynamic of this game of the team. Jake's running and playing a lot more freer uh, with Tommy back. 
So I'm expecting big things for the rest uh, of the season. Merely, they were in my top eight at the start of the season. In my season preview, I've still got them in the top eight, in my opinion. So I'm going to give Manly a D so far this year. Don't get me wrong, the first four weeks was absolutely awful. If I made this podcast two weeks ago, it would have been an F. But I'm very, very positive about the rest of the season for Manly. They've got the Tigers this week. I think they can put another score in that game. And um, each win that Manly get uh, from this point out, and and if they can continue this winning streak that they've put on the last couple of weeks, they're just going to grow in confidence and they're going to believe in themselves, even if something, which hopefully it doesn't, but even if something bad was to happen to Tom Trojevic. So um, Manly get a D for me. Moving on to the Cronulla Sharks, and they're another team with two wins and four Point, uh, four losses, obviously, um, over the last couple of weeks, they've been the headlines, but they've scored 134 points, and they've uh, led in 120, despite the fact that they've lost four games, they've got a positive for and against the 14, which is very impressive for the Cronulla Sharks, uh, if we look at their season so far, um, obviously, the biggest news is that John Morris was sacked as coach for Craig Fitzgibbon, and how uh, he left immediately um, due to the circumstances, and um, they decided to go in a different direction. So Josh Hanna is the interim coach. And uh, with John Morris on board, they did get a victory over the Dragons in round one, 32-18. Couldn't back it up because of some Chad Townsend disappointing goal kicking in round two. Uh, 12 points to 10, they lost to the Raiders. Round three, they had no bench and lost. Uh, uh, were still very valiant in their loss to the Eels, 28-4. Round five, they destroyed the Cowboys, 48-10. Round five, they were in control of the game against the Roosters in John Morris's last game as the Sharks' head coach. They went down to that one 26-18 due to a Sam Walker masterclass in the last 20 minutes. And then last week, they should have won the game. They couldn't finish it off. The Knights ended up beating the Sharks 26-22. to They've got the Bulldogs this week. So um, I expect them to get back to the winning circle and get Josh Henney's first win. But obviously, the departure of John Morris has had such an impact on this club. Chad Townsend just signed with the North Queensland Cowboys. They do get Sean Johnson back on the bench this week. But when you look at their season so far, um, the first month is all about, you know, when they, they, they looked good um, with the four-point hand. They they could score a lot of points there, as as you can see with their, their for and against being positive. Uh, despite losing some matches, they never really let it blew out. They, they always... The thing about Cronulla is they've always liked the grind in getting into the battle. And, um, you know... They were very valiant and very resilient in defeating the games they lost under John Morris. Who knows how Josh Henne is going to affect this team long-term for the rest of the season. Obviously, with Fitzgibbon coming in next year, it's hard to tell how much of an impact Henne will have as an interim coach for the rest of the year. But I just feel like Cronulla's motivation um, to perform week in and week out might go down a little bit considering that the man that uh, the man that's coaching them is not going to be there long-term. And, you know, they've got... Johnson's back, which is a plus, but their they're starting halfback, Townsend, uh, they've got to figure out something to do with him because you either drop him and uh, let Moyle and Johnson be that combo and prepare for the future if Johnson chooses. And if both those players, I think they're both with contract, uh, you know, uh, continue on next season, especially if, uh, you know, the signing of Adam Reynolds being considered right now, if they can get him. But they need to figure out something there because they need to be on the same page uh, playmakers and, and their defense has been great. It's just a matter of whether it can continue. The Knights scored 26 points last week and there were some soft tries that they scored. So I'm a little bit worried about the Sharks long term. Um, on field, they've been resilient, definitely, but they've still only got two wins on the board. They seem to be highly competitive in games until the last 20 minutes where they let it slip away. So I'm going to give the uh, Sharks a D plus because their games they've lost, they've had a lot of effort. Um, but it's something that that needs to be improved for the rest of the year. They need to learn how to finish games off, um, and you know the impact of their coach being gone is going to be significant to the rest of their season. So I can't see them making the finals, um, but they're going to be highly competitive um, still. I would imagine, especially against the weaker teams, they they should be able to win those games. So um, the the Sharks get a D plus for me uh, in this rating video. All right, moving on now to. The uh, 10th place, Newcastle Knights, their three wins and three losses. Um, and overall, um, it's been a mixed start for the year for Adam O'Brien. Sometimes they look like, you know, world beaters. Sometimes they look like a top four team, and other times they're very disappointing. Um, they've scored 127 points. They've conceded 142. Their six games so far this season, they defeated the Bulldogs 32-16 in round one. 
Round two, they beat the Warriors 20-16. They were 2-0 to start the year, and they were very disappointing in round three, losing to the Tigers 24-20. The Dragons beat them 22-13, a very telling game for the Newcastle season round four, where they got a bunch of injuries, including Mitchell Pearce. Uh, the Titans destroyed them in round five, 42-16. They got back on the winning board last week uh, with the match against the Sharks, winning that game 26-22. Now, as I mentioned, the Knights have had so many injury problems so far this year. They lost Jacob Saifidi for a period. Kurt Mann has been in and out of the squad. Brabham Best has been hurt. Mitchell Pearce, obviously the big one, and Caelan Ponga didn't start the season as well. Pearce is still going to be out for about another 10 weeks. Ponga's put his imprint uh, on the team over the last two weeks. He was good in that loss against the Titans. The rest of the team didn't show up, and last week he was very good against the Sharks. But as I mentioned, sometimes the Knights look like they're they're going to be up there at the end of the season, and sometimes they're just sometimes it's diamonds, sometimes it's rocks. And that game against the Titans was absolutely awful. So was the game against the, Sh- the Dragons in the second half after all those injuries. And the Sharks, they looked gone before they came back through Ponga. So while they've got some star individuals in this team, their defence doesn't seem committed enough for me. Um, they seem to be able to beat teams that they should beat, like the Bulldogs and the Warriors. But they struggle when they come up with some opposition that are willing to fight. And they managed to grind out a win against the Sharks last week. So credit where credit is due there. But they've had an easy run to start the year. And I don't think um, they're, they're ready particularly for this run of their next three games. They've got the Panthers, the Roosters, and the Raiders um, all in the next three weeks. And that's going to be very telling for the rest of their season. I've got the Knights with a rating of a D. As I said, sometimes they look great. Sometimes they look bad. But... If they're going to be finals contenders in 2021, they've got to be a lot more consistent for me. So the Knights get a D rating. Moving on to ninth, and currently that is the Canberra Raiders with another team with three wins and three losses. No one's got more than a D plus so far. Cronulla with the best rating. I'm almost halfway through these rankings, and I might be a little bit harsh here again uh, with the Canberra Raiders. The Raiders, of course, are a team that a lot of people have predicted in the top four. I predicted them to make the grand final this year, So, but so far in this year... Uh, so far this season, they've lost as many games as they've won. It started in round one. They defeated the West Tigers 30-12. to They followed up with a win against the Sharks 12-10. to They lost to the Warriors 34-31 to in controversial circumstances in round three, and they were down troops and were very brave in that loss. They bounced back against the Titans 20-4 to in round four, and in the last two weeks haven't been great for them, losing to the Panthers 30-10 to in round five and losing to the Eels 35-10 to in round six. For a team that I expect to be up there come the end of the season, um, they need to be better consistently, the Raiders, and it all needs to start on the field. Um, Ricky Stewart uh, was very disappointing, now, very disappointed in his team after that loss last week against Parramatta, and he said that there's some guys that, you know, basically said that some guys are in these first-rate team. They've got no problem putting in an NRL jumper on, but, but basically they're pretenders, um, and they aren't real first-graders. So that was... Pretty scathing criticism uh, from their head coach. He's dropped a few this week. They've got a big game against the Cowboys. They should be able to bounce back in that game. But the the thing about the Raiders, he's dropped a few. No Hodgson because of injury. Um, Horsburgh and Corey Wahira and Nira coming for their first game of the year. And Tom Starling replaces Hodgson Hooker. They've got so much depth, the Camper Raiders, um, that I just still think they're going to be there near the end of the year. But it's been a very up-and-down start for them. Um, they should be traveling a little bit better than they are. And their combination in the halves... Um, and their playmakers in general really need to improve. They've got no chance to do a for the next couple of months. But uh, for me, George Williams, why he started the year off impressive, his combinations with Wyden haven't been fantastic. Wyden's really been struggling to make an, a huge in, uh, impact on the game and affect its results like he was able to do last year. So they need to be a bit more consistent now and find ways to get him back in the game. Hodgson's service, Hodgson's service from dummy half hasn't been as... Smooth as I would like it to be either. Um, and I felt like they will actually travel a little bit more direct and uh, got earlier football when he was injured last year. So that could be an issue coming up for him as well. But they've got such a huge amount of depth. I expect them to be contenders at the end of the year. But at the moment, I can't give the Raiders uh, a rating more than a C-. minus. Um, overall, they've been disappointing this year, and I think they know it. And I think Ricky Stewart's going to have them fired up for the rest of the season. All right, moving on to the top eight now. So that's a halfway point, and the Raiders currently have the best rating of C-, even though they've been disappointing uh, in the top eight. Currently at the moment, we've got the New Zealand Warriors, three wins and three losses. Let's have a look at their season so far. So the Warriors uh, started their season off 
pretty well. They defeated the Gold Coast Titans 19-6. Narrowly lost to the Knights last uh, in round two the week after 20-16. Got up against the injury-defeated Raiders side 34-31 to thanks to a Roger Tuovavishek try-saving tackle. Um, 34-31. Round four, the Roosters were too strong for them, 32-12. They lost, uh, got upset against Manly, 13-12, after injury struck. And uh, last week, they bounced back against the St. George Illawarra Dragons and won that game 20-14. For me, the Warriors are a lot like, um, you know, your teams like the Tigers and Cronulla. Um, but, you know, they've got, you know, they've got the skill there and they've got so many injuries. Chanel Tavita Harris, uh, a huge one, obviously. Ewan Aiken, a lot of their forward packs being injured at certain points during the season, like Elise Katoa and a bunch of those guys. Um, but really, you never know what you're going to get the Raiders and uh, the Warriors. Sorry, sometimes they're competitive against you know the top teams, and sometimes they just fall short. Um, they seem to try to bully lesser opposition, but uh, then can sometimes get upset. So there's just such an unpredictable team to watch. Their injuries, you know, have not helped them at all. Um, guys like Bailey Sirin and Eva even have been out, and Toe Harris has pretty much played everywhere in the uh, in the forward pack. He's been a highlight though. I've really enjoyed uh, RTS in his last season of the NRL. He's been outstanding. I'm thinking, I think RTS is playing his best football for several years uh, there at the Warriors. They they seem like they're a tight-knit group of guys, but I just question their defense sometimes. Their attack seems a little bit stagnant, and I think Nathan Brown needs to improve that in the coming weeks. And They've got a huge game this week against Melbourne. It's an Anzac Day game, and they usually got the wood on Melbourne. So we'll see how they respond on Sunday night. But overall... They're, they're going, again, it's, it, they're a hard team to rate because, you know, their wins have come against the Dragons, the Titans, and the Raiders. The Raiders, of course, being injury depleted. So they can compete sometimes, the Warriors. They can show up, but other times they just seem like they're no match for the the better teams in this competition. I'm going to give the Warriors a C- minus as well, um, just like the Raiders, uh, but I... Unlike the Raiders, I don't know what their future holds. They're playing okay at the moment, but they should be playing a lot more consistent. So we'll see how they go in the coming weeks, and we'll get back to that when we review our half-season reviews. All right, moving on to the Gold Coast Titans now. And they're a team that uh, is another one of these teams and won as many games as they lost. They're free wins and free losses so far this year. I said in my season preview that I think they might take some time to gel. Um, they've scored 124 points, and they've conceded 115, so they've got a positive four and against of nine points, um, they started their season with a loss to the Warriors, nineteen to six. Bounce back to beat the Broncos in round two, twenty-eight to sixteen. Defeat the Cowboys in round three, forty-four to eight. Uh, lost to the Raiders, twenty to four in round four. Bounce back against the Knights in uh, round five, forty-two to sixteen, and then beat the Manly. Uh, lost to the Manly Seagulls, thirty-six nil, in a uh, horrible performance on the weekend. So, um, when you look at those results, you just see the inconsistency of this Gold Coast Titans team. In my season preview. Obviously, they're a team that got heavily hyped during the offseason. They had the documentary about him. They signed for feeder, big Tino. Um, Brimson had come into his own in 2020 with Jamil Fogarty. So expectations were high to start their season. There's even rumors they could have got Cameron Smith, which ultimately didn't end up happening. Um, but Justin Holbrook really looked like he was building a culture that compete could compete against the very best teams in the NRL on their day. This uh, this season so far has showed that they can't. I mean, they win the games they should win um, against teams like the Cowboys and the Broncos. But when they had their biggest test of the year against the uh, against the Canberra Raiders, they just didn't show up. And they haven't versed the, the top teams yet in terms of the Roosters, the Rabbitohs, the Storm. So we don't know what to expect from them. They're versing Seahawks this weekend, and they haven't versed Penrith yet either. So they're a hard team to get a read on, but... Some of these games that they've lost, they were absolutely awful in that game. Thirty-six, uh, that game around six, where they lost thirty-six to nil to Manly last weekend, um, and then they looked fantastic. And Fafita was killing it against Newcastle the week before. So you just never know what you're going to get with this Gold Coast Titan side. Fafita and Big Tino have made a big influence to the team this year, so they've both been highlights. Fafita's playing the best football we've seen playing the NRL this year, so that's good. But uh, their halves have been very inconsistent, whether it's Fogarty. Tanner Broid, uh, Ash Taylor, whoever's there, because they've changed them around a bit so far this year due to injury and other other problems. Um, 
their, their service haven't been fantastic uh, in laying foundations for their team and attack their, their kicking game. Their attack and kicking game has been great. Their service with their passes haven't been as crisp as I'd like them. Mitch Rain's been really good from the hooker, but they've really struggled to inject a, a superstar like AJ Brimson into the game. We can we know how good he can be on his day. They just don't seem to be getting enough quality ball for him. And then, you know, the matches they should win, like they should have beat Manly on the weekend, even with Tom Trorovic back if we go on a form, and they just didn't show up mentally. And... Holbrook's got to be very frustrated by how inconsistent this Titans team is. So I'm going to give them also a C minus. That's three teams in a row I've given a C minus. Um, no team has gotten a C over so far, um, which you know generally is a pass. Um, I guess C minus is, is kind of a pass, but really, um, there's teams that just have not lived up to their potential this year. So we're going to get into the the final six now. Um, and uh, coming in six is, are the surprise packages of, of 2021 so far, and that is the St. George Illawarra Dragons. They've got four wins and two losses. 143 points scored for them, 107 conceded. And so far this year, uh, the talk is, you know, the off-season, they got flogged by the Rabbitohs in that Charity Shield trial match, and uh, the pressure was automatically on Anthony Griffin Fiends were not happy uh, with the direction the club looked like they were going to, but look at their results um, as I read them out. They they lost to the Sharks 32-18 to round one. Bounced back against the Cowboys, 25-18 to victory. Building that confidence in round three. Defeated Manly 38-12. to Four in a row it was uh, in... No, sorry, three in a row it was in round four against the Knights, 22-13. Their biggest win of the year was their fourth in a row against the Eels in round five, 26-12, before losing to the Warriors, 20-14, to uh, last weekend. Now, the Dragons, even without Ben Hunt so far this year when he's been injured, have been excellent um, in attack. They've scored uh, a lot of points over a, a long period of time. The, their lowest score was on the weekend when they got kept to 14 points. Uh, Matt Dufty's been pretty good for him um, with his uh, his cutout pass that he's known for. Sometimes teams read it, sometimes they don't. But Adam Clune's done a good job for him when he's been in the team. Ben Hunt's been really good as well. Um, but, you know, the big thing, their their defense, Anthony Griffin has managed to get this team into a defensive outfit. Andrew McCulloch's done so much work down the middle of the field and made Corey Norman feel a little bit more comfortable, so his attacking game's been better. But the forwards that he's recruited, they're not superstars at the Dragons. Guys like Daniel Alvaro, uh, Trent Merrin, before he announced his retirement today, Greg Career, Trent, um, Tarek Sims, um, Kate Ellis, but these guys have been doing an outstanding job and uh, really been overachieving so far this year. The loss against the Warriors is a little bit concerning for them, um, considering how well they were flying before that, and they've got a big Anzac Day game they can bounce back with this week. But overall, I've been very impressed by the Dragons. They're playing great football, some confident football, and uh, this is the surprise package because I think I had them at 13th, and a lot of people had them lower than me. Had him at the wooden spoon. It's only early days, but signs are looking up under Anthony Griffin. The Dragons are looking disciplined for the first time in several years. I'm giving the Dragons a B so far this year. Um, a, a B, yeah, I could have done a B plus, but a B so far this year. It'd be very impressive, and I'm looking forward to see how they go for the rest of the year. All right, five teams left to review, and uh, the next team is the Sydney Roosters. And the Roosters are a team that has had so many injury problems this year. Um, their biggest, of course, being... The injury to Luke Keery, the ACL injury that will keep him out for the year. They've had a bunch of makeshift halves since Sam Walker's made his impact in the last coming weeks. But let's look at their results so far this year. Uh, they've scored 164 points, conceded six, uh, 86 with a positive four and against of 78. Round one, they defeated Manly 46-4. Round two, they defeated the Tigers 40-6. That's where their positive four and against really came from. Lost their first game of the year to the Rabbitohs in round three, their arch rivals, uh, beating them 26-16. In round four, they bounced back with a 32-12 win against the Warriors. Came back from behind to beat the Sharks 26-18, and then were outclassed last Friday night against Melbourne Storm 20-4. Obviously, uh, the loss of Luke Keery is a huge... Um, changes this team immensely, um, and it's, it's something that... <laughs> whoever plays in the half for the rest of the year going to have to assess. We'll see if Sam Walker stays in the team um, when Lachlan Liam comes back from injury. Drew Hutchinson currently playing there as well. Um, but at the moment, uh, they seem to be a little bit down on confidence. Tedesco hasn't been as free-roaming as he had been in the first month of the competition uh, with Luke Keery there. 
Verrills and Radley have come back in the team, which has really helped them lately. And uh, obviously, Brett Morrison has been on fire out there, scoring a bunch of tries, um, even without, you know, uh, Kiri there. So there's, you know, a bunch of positives, a bunch of negatives. I still think, even though uh, they don't have Kiri there, they can be genuine contenders this year. Um, I don't think they can go away and win the comp, but they still are an elite team. They've They've shown it. Um, a fair bit this year. They they might not beat the top teams like your Penrith Panthers, and they've already lost to the Storm and the Rabbitohs, but they're definitely going to be up there. They're always going to be competitive, the Sydney Roosters, and I think they'll bounce back this week against the Dragons uh, on Anzac Day. So, um, obviously, things haven't gone their way so far this year, but I wouldn't completely rule them out of, you know, making it deep into the finals this year. I don't think they win the Premiership, but I think they've done a reasonable job considering um, everything that they've had to deal with so far this year. So I'm going to give the Roosters a B minus just under the Dragons. And, uh, you know, they're, they're four wins and two losses. They've got a great four and against. I, I feel like they're going to be competitive um, against whoever they play. All right, so final four now, our current top four. And Melbourne are the next team to be discussed. The last year's Premiers, uh, four wins and two losses. They've got a positive four and against of 86. They've scored 160 points, conceded 74 their season kicked off with a great win against the CFC Rabbitohs in round one, beating uh, CFs 26 to 18. A shock loss in round two to the Eels 16 to 12, followed with another loss to the Penrith Panthers 12 to 10 in round three. Uh, the last three weeks they bounced back with big victories over the Broncos 40 to 6, the Bulldogs 52 to 18, and the Sydney Roosters 20 to 4. This year's all be the Ryan Paverhouse show, and his uh, has been absolutely outstanding. He's out. Uh, of the team with injury for the next couple of weeks, but a great season so far. Brandon Smith's been good at a dummy half, but Harry Grant's returns really transformed him as well. Jerome Hughes has really played the dominant half role, which is surprising considering how good Cameron Munster is, but it just shows you, uh, even without Cameron Smith, they're still a hugely dominant team. Um, a couple of their losses, you know, they, they got questioned about you know, how good their football was. They were out of the top eight for one week. But when you look back at those opposition they lost to, it was the Eels and the Panthers, which are both aren't easy beats at all. So um, I think they're traveling along nicely. Obviously, um, it's always going to be hard to back up the season after the, you win a premiership. But I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Storm. We know what they're going to get. I don't know if they've got it, what it takes to win the premiership this year, but they're, they're flying along pretty comfortably at the moment. Um, their next big challenge is round nine against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, people might expect a little bit more from Melbourne to start the year, but I'm pretty happy where they're going. Um, I'm going to give them a B rating. Um, you know, maybe not as dominant as they have been in previous seasons, but you know, this is life without the big three, and it might be one of the last years that Craig Bellamy's at the club. So they're traveling nicely. They're just going to improve as the season goes on. All right, moving on now to third place on the ladder, and that is the Parramatta Eels uh, with five wins and one loss. Their sole loss coming to the Dragons in round five. Let's look at their season so far. They started the season with a good victory against the Broncos, 24-16, to come back behind one there. Round two, they got their biggest scout of the year, 16-12 against the Storm. Continued their winning streaks against the Sharks in round three, 28-4, and the Tigers in round four, 36-22. Suffered a shock defeat to the Dragons in round five, 26-12, before bouncing back last week and defeating the Raiders, 35-10. The Eels um, have been very good with the football this season. They've scored 151 points, conceded 90. Um, overall, been very impressive. Um, Mitchell Moses playing some good football, some of the best of his career. Guffo's been as good as ever. Uh, Dylan Brown, a little bit quiet, but for me, their forward pack's been outstanding. Madison got concussed um, with, after a bad elbow by Felice Kafusi after round two, but Isaiah Papali, his replacement's been outstanding. Um, definitely creates a whole new spark uh, on the edge there that Madison usually plays. Nathan Brown's been great for him. Um, Sean Lane, not fantastic. Apart from the Dragons' loss, Campbell, Gillard, and Paulo's been really good. Um, but I think the Dragons showed a little bit of the way on how to beat Parramatta, and that's why bashing them really putting off their game. When Parramatta have things going their way, they're outstanding. But if they get a little bit rattled, um, you see guys like Moses and Brown kind of go into their shell. So that was a little bit concerning. But again, they bounced back next week and uh, and played really well. So I think the Eels are traveling along pretty good. I don't think uh, that 2021 is going to be a premiership season for them. Um, but you never know. Um, stranger things have happened. And 
They're playing good football. Credit where credit's due. They got a big game against the Broncos this weekend because the Broncos played very well against Penrith last week. But I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Eels. They can't, you know, do much more at the moment. I'm going to give them an A um, a really good score for them. Right, moving on to the top two now. The Rabbitohs are second on the ladder with five wins and one loss. The same as the Parramatta Eels. And their one loss came in round one when they went down to the Melbourne Storm 26-18. They backed it up with a victory in round two. Uh, we started their five-game winning streak. They're currently on. They beat mainly round two, 26-12. Big winners against the Roosters, 26-16. A huge game that was in round three. Uh 38-0 against the struggling Bulldogs, 35-6 in round five against the Broncos. And round six, they got away with a miracle victory against the West Tigers, 18-14. And, you know, last weekend, a lot of people might take out of that game that, well, the Rabbitohs were off that game. They could struggle with Latrell Mitchell suspended for four weeks, considering they didn't play good with him in that tight match against the Tigers. But the difference between the contenders and the pretenders of this competition are the ability to win uh, tight matches uh, when you're not nowhere near near playing your best football. And that's what the Rabbitohs did. They grinded out a win. Um, They might have got lucky, uh, depending on who you asked, and maybe didn't deserve to win that game, but they still won it. They they didn't play good. They came away with the result. For the rest of the season, they've been outstanding. Apart from that first half against the Storm, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, their combination has been outstanding. Adam Reynolds playing some good football and really making the difference in tight situations for him, which is crazy considering the Rabbitohs might not... Resigning for 2022 at the moment with all that contract drama. Um, but they've just got talent across the park. See us, Kim Murray and Cook, you know, if guys like Mitchell and Cody Walker aren't having it, or Reynolds aren't having a big game, one of those other stars are going to step up for him. And I think they're the biggest chance at the moment um, to knock off the Penrith Panthers. Um, but we'll just see how they go. The Rabbitohs are traveling along well. They've got the Titans this week. Uh, the next three weeks after that, without Latrell, they've got the Raiders, the Storm, and the Sharks. So that will really show the Rabbitohs where they're at um, in terms of, um, you know, uh, in terms of consistency and be able to win those big pressure games, you know, potential without one of their stars. And uh, round 11, the big, huge blockbuster match against Penrith. I think they're as good a chance as anyone of knocking off the undefeated Penrith Panthers. So I'm going to give the Rabbitohs an A rating this year. As I said at the start of the year, anything less than a grand final appearance will be disappointing for the Rabbitohs this year. Speaking of, uh, you know, high expectations, we move on to the first place ranking. Um, and it is the Penrith Panthers. They've been outstanding all year. They're 6-0, scored 160 points, only conceded 38 points after six rounds, which is absolutely insane, and basically only conceding a try match, which is crazy. Uh, let's look at their season so far, and it started... In round one, with a pretty uh, comfortable victory against the North Queensland Cowboys, they won that game 24-0, backed it up, 8-0 victory against the Bulldogs in round two. Narrowly beat their arch rivals, the grand final rematch last year, the Melbourne Storm, 12-10 in round three. Destroyed Manly in round four, 46-6. Uh, round five, defeat, defeated the Raiders 30-10. Um, and in round six, struggled a little bit, but beat the Broncos 20-12. For the Panthers, it's all about keeping this going, leaving this wave of momentum, riding it. Uh, their players love playing with each other. Um, they've got a tight-knit group of guys there. Cleary's just taking his game to another level this year. Jerome Luai, I thought he might have second-year syndrome. Boy, I was wrong. He is playing out of his skin at the moment. His combination with Kiki has been outstanding, and his running game is so impressive. But they're a little bit like the Rabbitohs, even when they're not playing good, uh, as we saw on Thursday night against the Broncos. Uh, winners find ways to win, and you just know that the whole field, you've got match winners everywhere, everywhere whether it's Kikia, Monotrosky's been really good in the centers. If their halves don't conform, Cleary and Lua, which, you know, they've performed every game so far. Cleary's the most level-headed and mature halfback in the NRL. He just always seems to pick the right option 99% of the time. But you've got guys like Dylan Edwards and Chorus here that haven't even been in the team. So Penrith are flying along at the moment. Um... They might have underestimated the Broncos a little bit, and there's some talk that they might be a little bit arrogant. Um, but, you know, I don't see them losing the game for a long time. They've got the Knights, Mealy, and Sharks, and the Titans in the next four. They're blockbuster games against Rabbitohs in round 11. They're going to have one eye on that contest. But if last week shows anything, they, they can't underestimate their upcoming opponents. But really, they're just getting ready for a finals campaign because they're going to be there at the end of the year, and they're going to be out 
to redeem last year's grand final loss and take that premiership. And at the moment, they're easily been the best performing team in the competition. They're an exciting team to watch. They play a very expansive game of football and an exciting game of football. And, um, you know, I'm just excited to see how the future pans out for Penrith. But this arrogance thing, they need a win, you know, they need a win the big dance um, before they get too arrogant because uh, I wasn't a fan of how they conducted themselves against the Raiders a couple of weeks ago. I think the handshake last week was a stupid act by them as well just to, you know, kind of hit back at the critics. Um, but they're winning, so credit where credit's due. Um, but, you know, if they don't win the, the big dance, there's going to be a lot of bit disappointed fans at the end of the year. So um, keep doing your thing, Penrith, but just be wary um, to don't take your opponents so lightly. But I cannot give Penrith anything less than an A+. They're, their whole team's performing, and they're going just as well, if not better than they were uh, in 2020. So um, that was my season review for all the teams so far uh, this year. It's been a long show already, but I'm just going to quickly run off my tips for this week. And uh, I've got the Panthers beating Newcastle on Thursday night. Let's go the Panthers by 10 points in that game. I think the Knights will be pretty competitive. Souths beating the Titans in a tight match on Friday. I think that the Titans are really going to take it to Souths. And without Latrell Mitchell, we'll see how the Rabbitohs respond. But I've got the Rabbitohs by six points in that game. I've got the Broncos in my upset of the week, defeating the Parramatta Eels. I'm not 100% convinced with the Eels this year, but they are playing really good football. Um, But I really was impressed by what I saw by Brisbane. It's a bit of a risk, but I think Brisbane uh, have a chance in that game of going Brisbane by six points. The Saturday games, I've got the Sharks being way too strong for the Bulldogs. We know their struggles so far this year. I've got the Sharks by about 30. Um, Ditto for the second game, the Raiders versus the Cowboys. I think both those Super Saturday games are going to be tough for the weaker teams. I've got the Raiders by 30. Um, And in the Sunday games, Anzac Day, um, some big Anzac Day games. I've got it's the Tigers versus the Manly Seagulls to start it off at 1.45 on Sunday. I've got Manly... uh, Building some confidence, winning their third game in a row. I've got mainly by 14 in that one. Roosters and Dragons have gone back and forth in that traditional Anzac game at 4 o'clock on Sunday from Sydney Cricket Grounds. I'm leaning towards the way the Roosters, just with the return of Sam Verrill, I think he will really straighten up the Roosters' attack. And the Dragons have been grinding out victories so far this year, but I don't know if they can keep uh, the Roosters to a score line that they can chase. But, you know... Anzac Day is all about stepping up for both those teams. It's a huge game for both of them. It's like a finals atmosphere, so I'm looking forward to watching that one. But I've got the, the Roosters by 10 in that game. And then the last game of the round, it's the Storm versus the Warriors in the other traditional Anzac game, Day game. No Paverhouse for the Storm. They're still looking pretty good, however. And the Warriors, very inconsistent. They were good against the Dragons last week. But I've just got the Storm winning that game by two points. I think it's going to be very close, though. Um, if you go back on their history, the Warriors have a tendency... Um, to upset the Dragons. So overall, my round uh, seven tips, I've got uh, the Panthers feeding the Knights, the Rabbitohs feeding the Titans, the Broncos upsetting the Eels, Sharks against the Bulldogs. I've got the uh, the Raiders being too strong for the Cowboys. I've got the Manly Seagulls against the Tigers, the Roosters versus the Dragons, and the Storm versus the Warriors. Thank you guys for listening to Steve's NRL footy tips again. We're going to be back to our regular scheduled programming next week, and I'm going to get a bit more into... Depth of each of the matches, I'll put the uh, timestamps here for uh, guys that are just interested in the footy tips. So if you guys are, it's a very quick podcast. But thank you guys for listening again. Thank you for all the support, and I'll see you guys next week on Steve's NRL Footy Tips.